Who's here? And how many of you aren't here? Fantastic. Full of energy and promise, as I suspect. All right, pop quiz. What are the five discipleship questions? Go. Number one. What's God been saying to you lately? Yeah, how, how else might you ask that question? You have to uh, really shout, because this is really echoey and I'm far away. What's important to you right now? What's going on in your life that's really meaningful right now? That's a good one. Uh, question number two. What are you doing about it? Yeah, so what, what, what does that lead you to do? Uh, how are you trying? Number three. How can I, no, that's like, that's like number five. We've only done this 150 times, so. Well, let's get in here. What's challenging? What's challenging? Thank you. I know you're saying the right answers. You're just not saying them loudly enough. What's number four? Uh, who are you bringing along? Yeah, who's involved in it with you? Uh, and you, you, like, you don't put up the answers ahead of time, right? Yeah, okay, good. That's, that'd be cheating. The compassion from the slide master. And then the last one, we already said it. Uh, how can I help you? Uh, what's one thing that I can do right now? Uh, and we uh, rehearse those questions every once in a while at Blue Water because, uh, you know, if, if you use them or questions like them, uh, you kind of guarantee yourself a significant conversation uh, that you're actually, you know, provoking growth. You're trying to be in influence your being salt and, and light in the world. Shall, shall, we, shall we practice one? Shall we do it? We need an interesting person. How about, how about Tom? He's on his phone. Tom, Tom. Yeah. Come, come here. All right, so we're going to practice on you. Because you're the most fascinating guy in the church. Yeah. So, uh, um, I don't know, man. So, what's God been saying to you lately? Um. <laughs> so, let me, let me interject right here. What is he doing right now? He's thinking. Isn't that interesting? Right? He thinks very physically. <laughs> Jordan has put me on the spot in front of hundreds of people again. Well, get used to it, buddy. All right. Yeah. Anything? I, I believe God's telling me to trust him. Trust him? Yeah. You, what, what are, what are uh, things going down right now in life that you're working on? Uh, a few things. Uh, my dad's health. That's right. Um, my work. Um, challenges at work and um, also uh, the future. We're trying to have uh, another baby. Huge things, right? And right now uh, we're 20 seconds into it. How many of you feel like you already know this guy better? Amazing things going on in life. And the, and the people sitting next to you have equally great things going on in life. And you've already mentioned some things that are challenging, so we don't even have to go there. Uh, let, me, let me just skip through them. If there was one thing that we could do for you today what, to help out, what would it be? Anything. Prayer. Prayer? I appreciate prayer, sure. All right, so let's pray. 
Father, that's a big menu of stuff going down in the life of, of the parks. Uh, caring for an elder, uh, a challenging job, an uncertain future. We pray, Lord, that your kingdom would come, that you would provide angels of provision uh, for uh, this son, this father, this, uh, this leader, uh, that you would make a way uh, going forward that would be surprisingly powerful and easier than anyone has a right to expect. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Thank you. That Thank was you. excellent. Wow. Thank you. Well done. By the end of the sermon, we'll have all the parks on stage at one point. That's my goal. Um, you never can tell what you're going to find out about someone if you just ask a significant question. Uh, to my mind, that's the easiest path to get into uh, a kingdom interaction. Who did I learn that from, do you think? It's a question. Who taught me the value of asking significant questions? Jesus, yeah, didn't you learn this in Sunday school? The answer is always Jesus or pray, right? Uh, sometimes the Bible, but um, yeah, Jesus taught me that. In a scripture, Jesus asked 307 questions, more or less. Um, he was asked somewhere around 183 questions. He directly answered two. Uh, typically, he responded to a question with another question, or he responded to a question with uh, a kind of mysterious teaching or statement or something like that, that itself provoked further questioning in other people. Uh, in other words, when Jesus did make statements, they were often questionable statements. And I mean that in a literal sense. When Jesus made a statement, it provoked questions. It was questionable. Uh, it made you think of follow-on questions to ask. We're in this sermon series right now um, about how to change the world. And the concept of the series is that if you want to change the world, if you want to change the world around you, if you want to change the people around you, if you want to change the people sitting around you in here today, for instance, or the other people that you're going to meet up with later on today, Here's an idea. Try to do it as Jesus did it, because Jesus was the most world-changing individual to ever live in human history. And he didn't just live so that he could die on the cross and do all of that stuff. He lived as a model for us. And the ways that Jesus changed the world around him are ways that we can imitate, are ways that we can learn and master so that we can be influential as well. How many of you want to be, I don't know, a light in the world? How many of you want to make a positive difference in the world? Clap really loudly one time. Good. Thank you. Um, and uh, Jesus taught us, by way of teaching us to be influential, Jesus taught us to question a huge thing that Jesus taught us when you, when you think about it. Jesus taught us to question uh, in, in every sense of that word. Jesus taught us to, um, to ask questions of others, for sure. He did it, like I said, 307 times uh, at, least, at least. Jesus taught us to question ourselves, didn't he? 
uh, one phrase he used that I really like is, salt yourself with fire. And always be kind of examining yourself and asking questions of yourself to see what you can turn up in your own heart and your mind. And of course, Jesus taught us to question the ways of the world, uh, to uh, question the ways that things are done so that we could get free from the spirit of the world. And some of the questions that Jesus asked at pivotal points in the gospel stories are famous. If you're familiar with the gospels, you know, you'll, you'll probably recognize some of them. Who do men say that I am? Jesus asked his disciples and followers at one point. Do you want to be made well? Jesus asked a sick person who had become discouraged. Uh, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked a beggar uh, at one point. Do you love me? Jesus asked of a disciple that had fallen uh, into sin and abandonment. Proverbs 25 says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to uncover it. In other words, the Lord has arranged the universe, the Lord has arranged the world in such a way that truth isn't always obvious. And he's done this for glory for the greater glory of things. It's better that he does it this way, according to what the proverb says. And it is the glory of a king to uncover the mysteries. Why? Well, when we investigate things, when we question things, when we think about things, when we become detectives of truth in this world, positive things happen for us. We grow as individuals, for instance. It's really hard to be a good detective without faith and a lot of good thinking, both of which are fantastically uh, good for us. Our scripture today comes from Mark chapter 4, and it's a parable. Um, it's a parable about a parable, uh, as it turns out. Uh, the parable of the sower, or the sower and the seed. Have you guys heard of this one? Excellent. Clap once. I just want to know that you're there. That's all. It's lonely up here. You guys are so far away. Shout encouragement at me randomly. Go ahead. Somebody compliment my, my shirt. Yeah, thanks. Uh, here we go. I forgot my glasses, but I will make a go of it. Uh, Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower. Uh, it's a long parable. I'm just going to read the first part of the story in which Jesus tells the parable and makes a has one little interaction about it. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people uh, were along the shore and the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, by illustrative stories. And in his teaching said... Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. The path would have been hard ground, so the birds could just pick it up easily. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. 
Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seeds fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. If you are so inclined, listen and figure it out. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that... They may be ever seen, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. We'll talk about that last verse at the end. I know it's a confusing one, but I just want to stop there. Uh, for how many of you is this a familiar parable? You've heard this. Yeah, even, even unchurched, non-believing people are familiar with this parable because it's, it's quite common and it's shared all over the world. The idea is that Jesus is explaining what the kingdom of heaven on earth is like. And he says, well, it's like this, uh, the sower who goes out and sows seed for a crop. But that's not the end of it. Uh, because uh, what determines whether it becomes fruitful, and remember he's telling a, a kingdom parable here. So what determines if the kingdom becomes fruitful in a life or fruitful in a, in a place has to do with how how the soil and seed interact with each other. And some seed falls along the path. It falls along hard soil. Uh, and, you know, it can't put down roots. Nothing can happen uh, because, you know, the path has been stomped down. The soil is not well prepared. And, 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 and the seed is just vulnerable there on the surface. And the birds come along. And these birds represent, you know, evil creatures, evil eyes or something. And they just take up the seed. Nothing happens. Completely unfruitful. And some seeds fall in shallow soil, and, and, and they respond well, right? They grow really quickly, but they do not grow deeply uh, because, because they're too shallow. They're set too shallow. And, uh, and then the sun comes out, a little pressure happens, and, uh, and they don't last. They, they get scorched and they wither, and so on or so forth. The, the main point that Jesus is making with the parable, as he goes on to explain to his disciples and followers at the end, is that you want to receive the kingdom well and try to do something with it, right? You, you, can't, just, you can't just hear the truth and have it automatically work fruitfully in your life. You have to receive it. You have to cultivate it. You have to go deep with it. You have to protect it, et cetera, et cetera. That's the general point of the parable. Do you understand it? All right, because that's what I should preach about. When you preach a parable, you should preach about the explanation of the parable, and then everybody understands it and walks away enlightened. But you got it, right? More or less, you can't just hear a message. You have to receive it, cultivate it, protect it, and try to grow it in your life if you want to be fruitful. Amen? Everybody say amen. amen. Thank you. I like that one. What fascinates me about this story, this parable story, is everything that surrounds it. Because we get to see 
why Jesus uses parables and a good way to respond to parables. Because afterwards, we find that the crowd listening to Jesus teach this parable is a little bit confused. They, they haven't figured it out. He's talking, about, he's talking about sowing seeds and like, what does that have to do with anything? I don't, I, don't, I don't really get it. And so they go up to Jesus afterwards and, and they say, um, <clears throat> well, it said they asked him about it. Like, like what, what exactly does that mean? What, what do you want us to do with that? Something to that effect. And Jesus responds to them in a really interesting say. He says, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Which is just a fascinating thing to say because they're confused, right? They're confused because they have to question him about the meaning of the parable. And Jesus says, ah, you've learned the secret then. Their response must have been uh, more confusion. What do you mean we have the secret? No, we're asking you what the secret is. Explain it to us. Jesus says, no, no, clearly you got it. You, you, you have it. You've realized what the secret is. And that bugs me. Does that bug you? So let me ask you, what's the secret that they have at this point? What, what have they understood that is so wonderful and amazing? Everybody but my wife gets to answer. What is it that they're doing that is so awesome? They're asking Jesus a follow-on question. Right? They're just doing something with it. They are investigating. I think what you said, Jesus, was significant, but I have no idea how, so let me ask you to explain it a little bit further. Bingo! You are now a disciple. You are now a detective. You are now an investigator. You are now a seeker. You're doing what a human is supposed to do. You're trying to get to the bottom of things. You're trying to understand the kingdom of God better. My work here is done. You've achieved the secret. You're going to be fine if you continue to do that. That's essentially what Jesus is saying. Do you understand? The secret to the kingdom is seeking. If you want to be good and fruitful in the kingdom of God, your job is to seek after things. It doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter what you understand at this moment. It understands whether or not you're content with that or want to go further and how you're going to do it. And mostly you're going to do it by asking follow-on questions. The secret is to seek. And when I'm trying to be a positive influence in your life, you know, if I'm trying to say share the truth of God with you, or share the love of God with you. And maybe I'm going to meet you for the first time today. And you've never experienced the truth of God. Or you've never experienced the love of God. And I'm trying to shine that light into your life for the first time. My job in that moment isn't to tell you to be a seeker. My job in that moment is to seek the seeker in you. To try and provoke the detective out of you. That's my job as an influencer. Do you understand the difference? I'm trying to get you to think. I'm trying to get you to question. I'm trying to get you to embrace the glory of kings, which is to uncover the mysteries of God around you. That's my job. And if you want to be a light in the world, I recommend that you get the hang of that, that you develop the knack for provoking questioning in the people around you. You following me?
And that's why we do things like rehearse those silly five discipleship questions and stuff like that. Because no, this is the secret. This is the secret to being fruitful in the kingdom of God. It's questioning, seeking, investigating. All of that equals growing. It's the secret. So more than anything else, what I'm trying to develop in each and every one of you, I'm trying to make you a seeker, a detective, one who is not content with the pat answer, not content with the easy answer, who's always asking themselves, why do I think this way? Why do I feel this way right now? Why do I believe what I believe? Why do I act the way that I act? And you know what? Why do you act the way that you act? I mean, what's going on here? What's a better way? You start thinking like that, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You will find the way. And you will find fruitfulness. As soon as you stop doing that, you're vulnerable. You're a sitting duck. Then the truth in your life just sits on the surface and Satan can come and just fly away with it. Or, you know, the minute there's a bit of crowd pressure, a bit of heat, you're just going to wither away. You're going to have no rootedness, no staying power whatsoever. You're just going to be wiped away with the tide of the world. And the tide is strong right now. It is strong. You know? If you don't seek, then you're vulnerable. Uh, What I dislike about religion, what I dislike about the political religion that is really dominating society right now is that it tries to shut down thinking, doesn't it? It tries to force you to accept pat answers. These days, it's dangerous to even speak your mind. There's all sorts of little instruments and facilities that our society has invented to to prevent you even speaking your mind or asking an honest question. You have to pre-filter all the time. That is not the Spirit of God. That is not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is to make you an actual individual, an actual thinker, to ask honest questions of yourself and the people around you. That is freedom and that is growth and that is fruitfulness. That is the path that leads to freedom and fruitfulness. That's the secret, man. That's the secret. Am I getting through to anyone? You get it? I mean, that's the secret. And God is so committed to that that he made the universe a little bit mysterious. And Jesus is so committed to that that the dude almost never answered a question except with another question. Because more than he wants to give you the right answer, he wants to make you a questioner and a thinker. Like number one on his agenda. I'm not going to tell you who I am. Who am I? I'm not going to say that I'm going to heal you. Do you want to be made well? Why? What's going on with you? Are you sure? Is this this sickness useful to you in a way that you don't want to let go of? I mean, he was always asking super provocative questions of people that he wanted to help. The kingdom of God is never forced on anyone, and it is never spoon-fed to anyone. If you want it, you got to get it. And that's the secret. That's the secret. Pure, simple, bedrock, pillar of truth right there, baby. That's it. And you get it or you don't. You pursue it or you don't. And as soon as you stop pursuing, 
sitting duck, sitting duck. What value is coming to church? I don't know, you come, you sit in a blue chair. I mean, it's, it's not worth very much. And particularly today, everybody's wearing masks. You can't even interact all that much. But you're doing something. You're seeking. You've opened yourself, right? You've opened your ears to hear, uh, as Jesus uh, would say it. I want to just uh, examine quickly verse 12, uh, which at the end of this little section, uh, just so that we understand it, right? he told them the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, the people who don't get it, who haven't learned the secret, everything is said in parables or seems to be like a parable, a mystery, a riddle, in other words, so that they may be ever seen but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Now, this is a really bad translation, in my opinion, and unfortunately, I don't know of any Bible translations that do a better job. It makes it sound like Jesus is saying, and he's quoting an Old Testament uh, prophet here. Uh, it sounds like he's saying, I speak in parables so that we don't have to worry about the outsiders. So that the outsiders don't understand. So that they will see and not perceive. So that they will uh, hear but not understand. Otherwise, they might get forgiven, and we don't want them to be forgiven. It sounds like, kind of sounds like that, right? But that's a poor translation. What, what he's actually saying here is that if you don't understand the secret, which is to say, if you haven't realized that you're supposed to be a seeker, what's going to happen is they will see but not perceive, and they will hear but not understand. And that word otherwise is a, is a complicated, archaic phrase that means, were that not the case, were that not the case, then, then they would see and get forgiven and get freed and grow, in other words, right? So that, that word otherwise is mistranslated, in my opinion. It should be, were that, if, if that were not the case, then they would be fine. So the goal, in other words, is to not be those on the outside of the secret, the goal is to not be a person who hears the truth but doesn't perceive the truth. You know, have you ever said to someone in the midst of an argument, I know you hear me, but I'm not sure you're listening? Parents, anyone? So that's exactly what Jesus is saying here. You don't want to be like that. If you are, you'll, you're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck. So I teach in parables in order that you will engage the seeking muscle. Because if you don't engage the seeking muscle, then I could spell it out from A to Z and you wouldn't be able to retain it. Follow me? Uh, everybody say hooray if you understand. It is easy to be misled in this world unless you can stop and think. And, if Jesus is any guide, it's hard to be a light in this world unless you develop the knack of making others stop and think. If you want to change the world as Jesus did, develop the knack to make people stop for a second and actually think. I, I, I picked very unfairly 
on Tom at the beginning of camp. And I asked him a question out of the blue, and he's nervous, and he's in front of people. But he so very obviously took a moment to think about it, right? He didn't react, right? He thought, perfect response, an absolutely perfect kingdom response. And that's the kind of response that you want to see in the people around you. And if you want to see that kind of response, you become a parable teller, <laughs> right? You become a question asker. Not a statement preacher, but a, a question inserter. You have conversations as opposed to declarations. That's a tremendous skill uh, in the kingdom of God. Somewhere in that statement, somewhere right there, is the secret to the kingdom of heaven on earth. And somewhere in that statement right there is the secret to being light in the world. Once you get people seeking a little bit, once you get them thinking, once they've asked a follow-on question, you can do almost anything. You can heal them. You can deliver them. You can lead them places. You can get into their lives and show compassion and kindness and make a difference. Until you get him there, until they ask that follow-on question, until they're in a seeking frame of mind. <clears throat> it's like seed on hard-packed dirt, man. And the same, of course, is true for your life. <clears throat> until you get into a seeking, detecting, investigating, questioning frame of mind. It's just seed on hard packed dirt. And lots of things keep you from seeking. That's a whole other sermon. Fear, bitterness. <clears throat> Maybe the sickness is useful for you. Maybe you're happy uh, to be a little bit angry, a little bit bitter, you know. So you're not going to question how you feel, etc. That's a different sermon. Uh, so let's do an exercise uh, to close. Uh, take out your smartphones or your tablet, a pen, piece of paper, something to write with, make a note with. <clears throat> All right, so uh, I'll ask you a question, because that's what I'm supposed to do, evidently. What's, uh, what's a big thing in your life right now? Uh, what's something that you are pursuing, or a problem that you're facing, something like that? Just you know, write it down quickly. You don't have to overthink it. Just put it out there in space. All right, what's God said about it? What's God said about it? And, you know, if you feel like God hasn't said something about it to you directly, um, you know, what do you think God would say about it? What does scripture suggest about it? What do you think your wise Christian friends might say about it? Those are all similar questions that you can ask yourself. 
and, I don't know, just write it down. Are you going to be 100% certain? Probably not. But you can come up with some wisdom. Got it? Now we're all human, so what's challenging about that direction that you've received from the Lord or from other uh, healthy input? What's challenging about it? What are the pressures and the tangles that make it hard for you to follow through on what seems like godly wisdom? Make a note. And let's just leave it there for today. I mean, there are questions that you could ask and follow on from there, but that right there would be the basis of a tremendous conversation uh, with a believing friend that you trust or with the Lord in a prayer time. What you've just done, if you've participated in that exercise, if you've, you've just practiced the parable of the sower, in my opinion, and you've just practiced the secret to the kingdom of God. You took a step back, you stopped, and you thought a little bit. You questioned a little bit. And the thing about questions is that they always lead to other questions, don't they? Some of you may have been taught that questioning is a bad thing in the realm of faith because questioning is associated with doubt. Well, it depends what spirit it's done in. Questioning can be associated with truth as well. And that's why Jesus loved it so much. You can question something in faith, which means that you expect an answer to be forthcoming. Or you can question something in doubt, which means that you are defeatist. And you don't think there are any answers forthcoming in your life. That there is no way before you. That you're just stuck. Um, so... That's where, that's where the faith comes in. Um, I just bless you to, uh, to question in faith this week and to ask questions in faith. You know what it takes to start a significant conversation? One interesting question. And I, I know for a fact you know at least five. Um, so have fun. Uh, make some